We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, we got one more super chat down here. Mike Huff says, done with the Kane Madden experiment. So that leads us probably right into yeah. uh, the offensive talk. Yeah, uh, I want to start right? off with a positive, though, because, again, okay. we, we had – you can take that down, Vince. Appreciate oh, Mike, thank you for the yes. super chat, by the way. Um, I didn't mean that as a negative, like, towards <laughs> you, Mike. Uh, just I wanted to talk about something else. First of yeah. all, I, I want to say this is why we – I wrote an article this summer saying, over Drew Pine at your own peril was the title of my article. This kid is a freaking gamer, man. Yeah. Like he looks so poised in this mm-hmm. game, Vince. Like I don't know if you you said you were watching TV copy, so you probably saw it. He came into the game and he was like he didn't put his chin, he didn't even put yeah, his like, like on the side. He wasn't even like he was just like it wasn't like a nervous tick and he just comes out there his first two passes complete complete. Then he gets hit from behind, fumbles the ball, leads to Wisconsin taking the lead and I'm like, "Uh-oh, how's he going to respond?" He went four for four for 49 yards and a touchdown the next time he got on the field. I mean, it was now, there was a kick return for a touchdown within that. But his poise in this game is exactly what you and I have been talking about. And his release is so flipping quick. Mm-hmm. That seam throw to Michael Mayer oh, was a thing of yep. beauty. Perfect throw. And we finally saw some seams getting thrown today. Jack Cohn had a nice scene <laughs> yep. earlier to Avery Davis that set up a – should have been a score if they didn't miss their third field goal attempt of the season. Uh, but it, it was just such a poised throw. And then did you see the did you see the read on the touchdown pass, Vince? Did you see what happened? So they went empty. They had three receivers to the left, and Michael Mayer was the number three guy. And they had okay. two guys backside. Kevin Austin was actually inside. It was a great play design. And they ran an option route to to Michael Mayer. And he looks over, and he's looking at Mayer. That's where he wanted to go. The linebacker over Mayer and the linebacker inside of Mayer both ran with Mayer. As soon as Drew saw that, he came right back to Kevin Austin, come over the middle, and he hit him right in the middle of the field. He took it and went for a touchdown. Well, it's funny because it didn't – you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because the way that Austin ran that route – he ran it like he wasn't the first option. He wasn't. He, you know he what was I mean? The back. 
Well, and he he ran it smart because you can't just come screaming across no, no, no. the field on that. Absolutely, no, he, he he knew was he wasn't like the primary he read. Knows yes. it's going to take a second to get to him. Is and what I'm he saying. He wasn't. Then yeah. that you're absolutely right. He was not. Yeah. I mean, Drew Drew he didn't look like you can tell when a guy's looking left to look a guy off and then coming back. He was looking left because Michael Mayer was his primary read. And why would? And when he that? saw that inside, because it's one thing for Mayer's guy to go out, but when the inside backer goes out, he knows there's nobody else back there. And he just came back, was poised, and and this came after he got blindsided and fumbled the ball and right. turned it over, right? And and allowed Wisconsin to go down to get the lead. I, I mean, you know, just the, the absolute poise from from that kid, quick release, and and you saw today too. He, he's a good athlete. He just isn't a runner. Right. There's a difference. Um. He he his feet got a little fast in the pocket a couple times. You know what you're going to expect, but man, the kid showed incredible poise. Yeah. Uh, you know, good decision making. I mean, and he went six of eight, and he hit Joe Wilkins with a throw on third and on a third and six. Hit freaking Joe Wilkins went right through his hands, hit him in the face. <laughs> you got to make that catch, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it, it 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 that that to me was just for that. He's been dismissed by a lot of Notre Dame fans. He's been, you know, it's the Tyler Buckner show, and it's Jack Cohen, and it's Tyler Buckner, and nobody cares about Drew Pine. And and Drew Pine said, as I said, as I wrote in the article this summer, overlook Drew Pine at your own peril. I love it. Because that kid can flat out play. Now, do I still think Tyler Buckner's the future? Yeah, sure. But you know what? Drew Pine's not going to make it easy on anybody to beat him out. Agreed. And and we saw why today. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to, to come off the bench and have that kind of poise, just like, hey, I got this. And then at, for a moment, it looked like Cone was going to come back in. He was warming up to try to throw, and then he just he couldn't put he any couldn't pressure on the foot. Yeah, but um, he he was he was really good today. I I really loved it. Today. I and I look obviously we've been to a few practices, and Drew Pine is a guy that is very easy to rally behind if you're one of his teammates. Um, he is, he's the hype guy. He's the hype guy in the quarterback room. Okay. He's the guy that when they're, they're moving from station to station or there's, you know, the linemen coming over with the quarterbacks or whatever, he's first to greet those guys with like high fives and like, he's the hype man. And so he's easy to get behind. He's a guy that uh, is a great teammate. He wants what's best for everybody, which is fantastic. And so when he went in, everybody had 100% confidence in what he could do. And it was obvious. It was so obvious they were ready to play for Drew Pine, which is great. And that's nothing against Jack Cohn. That is not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is he's not your Jack typical. Jack Cohn's a leader, too. That's 100%. Yes, it's, it's just a different is, kind of leadership. You have to have a backup quarterback that when he goes in the game, the other players say, yeah, we're fine. We're okay. Yeah, and it was Drew's clear that that was the case. Yeah. And so I... If Drew if Drew is the quarterback, okay. If if Cone is the quarterback, okay. And Vince, I, I said no that this summer. It. I said I don't care who starts quarterback for no yeah. time. Whoever right. wins the job is going to be fine because they've got three good quarterbacks now. You Agreed. know, to, now let's let's deal with this. Jack Cone is still the starter and should still be the starter. And Brian uh, Kelly it's, confirmed it's a that. whole lot different coming off the bench in a game than sure. it is to be the guy that everybody prepares for. Sure. And and Patrick, we will we will get to this here in a few Absolutely. Hours, but I just wanted to pull that up just in case it gets it goes Thanks away. Thanks for the super chat, Patrick. Yes. Um, you know, and and Anthony L, Drew Effing Pine, uh <laughs> thoughts on Reese's play calling. Thanks for all you do. I'm definitely going to get to that. Very good transition there. You know, but I I you know, we'll we'll talk about that next, but but look, let's talk about Jack's performance. Uh I thought Jack today was very up and down. Mm-hmm. 
I thought he had some brilliant throws. The seam route to to I mean they he got sacked on first down. It's second and seventeen. You're like here we go again. Right. And Wisconsin's already got a three nothing lead, and he throws a great seam throw, mm-hmm. just perfect timing. Gets the ball out, hits Avery Davis, converts a sec, turns a seven sec, second and seventeen into a first down. Yep. Leads him down the field. You know, had some balls dropped. Great throw to Kevin Austin for the touchdown. And then there's some other throws where you know you look, you, dude. We've we've talked about this. You've got to put that sucker out for Braden Lindsey. Uh, you, you've got to throw it out, let him run underneath it. You know, there he were two chances two for him. Yes, yeah. two chances. And Braden wasn't super open on the second one. Uh, they did a good job running with him on the second one. The, number but one, the first one, he was, did, a, did a pretty good really job good. Of, of covering. I, he I will was, give him he credit. He was better than I thought he was going to Me be. Me too. Me too. I thought Notre Dame could run by the secondary at yeah. will, and they, they didn't really they, have that opportunity the, 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 as much as I thought that they would. There was, and they didn't try it. There were some time. Kevin Austin yeah. ran by a guy. Uh, Braden had one early that Jack overthrew him, actually, where Braden ran by the guy. Uh, but they were they were playing to take that away a little bit more today than they did with Braden than they did last week. Yeah. Part of so so, but he, you know, there's also times where Jack's climbing the pocket and he's not he'd step in it. So climbing the pocket, I'm sorry. Climbing the pocket essentially means when the when the outside rush comes, means, you're you climb the pocket means you step into the pocket. Okay, yeah. he was stepping into the pocket, but as he was stepping into the pocket, you could you could tell he's been hit about thirty times doing this because he was looking for the rush. Yeah, the disappointing thing about that is I've never seen that from Jack Cohn on film at Wisconsin. That's how bad the offensive line play has been. He's now looking for the rush. Now that's on him, right? Sure. I mean, he's got to he's got to look. Your fifth year senior, you can't be that way. Right, but at the same time, I, as a former quarterback, I can't blame him, you know, because you you don't want to get hit and lose the ball. But he's there was a time where he had Kevin Austin kind of coming open over the middle. He could have he could have climbed a pocket and, and threw it and quickly and got it out. But he's clearly looking for the rush and his feet aren't set. He's not ready to throw that ball. He's got to be better than that. He just is. I mean, there were some there were some throws he missed today. He had Avery Davis on an out cut and he just threw it over his head. I mean, that's just that's not a typical Jack Cohn miss. Right, you can tell that the pressure starting to get him. And with all due respect to Drew Pine, if you'd have, if he'd have taken if he'd have got his brains beat in the first three game, four games like Jack Cohn did, he may not have looked like he did today. Uh, so so keep that in mind. Okay, you can only get hit in the face so many times before you start yeah. looking. It's to, true. To get I mean, in the face. but that but that's true. I mean, that's just human nature. I mean, yeah, I absolutely correct. But but he he had he left he left some plays out there today. In my opinion, Jack did, and and Drew came in and 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 Drew didn't in this particular game. But that doesn't mean that all of a sudden Jack Cohn should be benched and Drew Pine should be the starter. Now, if Jack's not healthy, here's what I will say: Kudos to Brian Kelly for saying what he said. That's what he should have said. Jack Cohn should still be the starter, right? Mm-hmm. Jack Cohn's done some darn good things for this football team. Uh, so far early on Florida state comeback went over Toledo, you know, big money plays in the fourth quarter or second half last week, all that. Okay. Having said that, if Jack Cohn's not hundred percent next week, don't play him. Right. Don't play him. I agree. You know, especially if Tyler Buckner's healthy, because I would still, I would start drew pine and, and have Tyler Buckner as part of that package. If Jack Cohn's cause look, Jack Cohn, not a hundred percent with a lower body injury against Cincinnati's pass rush right. with the way this offensive line's blocking. No, thank you. Right. Hard pass. So Jack Cohn needs to be the starter unless he's not a hundred percent. If he's laboring on that leg by Wednesday's practice, 
Drew, we're ramping your reps up. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, you've, you've got to do that. Well, and he had a bunch of reps. I mean, Brian Kelly mentioned it because Tyler Buckner was out. Uh, I know what you're, you just, you looked at the Clemson situation. No, I just I, I started oh, having okay. noise started playing. Like ESPN is this oh, weird thing where all yeah. of a sudden Adel, you could have a, I had this ESPN <laughs> page up with the scores up for the half whole an time. hour. The whole time. And all of a sudden it, it, an ad starts playing randomly. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, sorry uh, about that. Um, I Gosh, what was I even talking about? See, you, I already lost my train of Jack thought. You were talking about Jack Cohn and injury. And, oh, yeah. And, so, yeah. Buckner didn't really practice this week. And so, Pine got right. a lot so, of just so Buckner was not going to play this game. I was told this on Tuesday that Buckner's yeah. not going to play. Right. And I, I tried to hint that to people. But, you know, it's like, guys, he went out with a hamstring. Let's be smart about this. I mean. I, I, I need to say something here because. I felt I feel bad sometimes because we we had to kind of talk about Buckner a little bit during this week, although we we purposely didn't talk about him. But right, sometimes I get told things by somebody who says this can't get out because if it does, people well, are going to know where plan. it came from. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And it's the same reason we were we were told, hey, don't say anything about Kurt Heinish because right. you see on Tuesday that he's out, and then Wisconsin knows that Kurt Heinish isn't is out. Sure, I, I always get uncomfortable with those situations because it's like. People say, well, you know, you owe it to us to tell you to a degree, yes. But you also have to understand if I put some of these things out where people have said, hey, don't. If somebody tells me don't say anything publicly, right. that's different than me learning news and then just choosing not to report it. It wasn't my decision. We were asked, don't report this. Exactly. And, exactly. and, and if I makes, do that, you know. then I don't have that source anymore. Yeah. So I just want to be clear why the just sort sometimes the the difficult line we have to. I was told Tuesday that Buckner and Heinish weren't going to play. Yeah. Hopefully Heinish can come back next week, but you feel a little bit better about him being out because, you know, boy, goodness gracious, Vince, you get him back next week. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, defensive line is. Whew. Like I said, everybody that played had their name said uh, at least once. I mean, it was yeah. It was just you know, hey, you know. It, it, you get a yeah. rush. You get a rush. I mean, yeah. it was great. It was fantastic. It was great. Yeah. So, um, since we got, we're kind of on a little transition here. I'm going to throw up some of these super chats so I don't lose them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose them. Well, and some uh, of them are. Some of them, I want. I want to pull one uh, up by okay, Mark that's do. relevant to what we were talking about. Mark Fair Stewart enough. says, "My issue with Jack Cohn is his lack of escapability. I don't know if he if the, if this was stated earlier, but why does he get small in the pocket of standing tall and trying to deliver the ball? I I just kind of think. Look, Mark, I I don't disagree with you. But this has been a problem since the spring with the offensive line. And the big thing is, is like you get hit so many times, you kind of start going into protect mode. Absolutely. Uh, He's been hit from behind twice this year where he's lost the ball. (laughs) You're going to get a little antsy and say, I got to protect the ball. He's got to fight through that. That, That's not saying it's okay, but it's, it's, it's trying to explain why. Right. But. He's got to improve his footwork in the pocket. He gets a little heavy, to Mark's point. I do think at times Jack gets a little heavy-footed when he's in the pocket, which makes it a little bit harder for him to to, to do it. And he also has to do a better job of when he climbs, having the ball ready to throw. Sure. That's another thing he's going to have to do a better job of. Because, look, Jack Cohn should be the starter next week. But he's got to start kind of playing cleaner. Because at Mm -hmm. the same time, when you do have Drew Pine and you do have Drew Buckner – you have to be careful that I know what you keep looking at. You got that Sorry. interstate Clemson game yes. on. It's all good. I get it. I keep doing it too. I'm just a little bit sneakier about it than you are, Vince. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the multiple, like, uh, you know, <laughs> so I've got stuff going all over. Uh, but but to the point, though, is, is when you do have the talent in Notre Dame as a quarterback, if you're in your Tommy Reese and your Brian Kelly, at some point in time, you have to say, hey, Jack, 
we, we need you. We understand why this is happening, but we, we, we you can't. You got to yeah. be better than that. Absolutely. You know. Uh, but look, if you put Drew Pine in the game after four games, if the line keeps doing this, he's going to get a little gun shy yeah. too. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. It, it's just the nature of it. So um, definitely, chat, definitely Mark. understand where you're coming from, Mark. And and, and that is an issue. He's going to have to. But that's also where I think Tommy Reese needs to. And we had a question about what I think of Tommy Reese's game plan. I thought it was good in a, in some ways. I thought uh, I thought they did it. There was after the first series, it was like same crap on the first series. By the second or third series, you start seeing a few, little bit more crossers, a little bit more mayor over the middle, a few more things where you kind of left the, uh, the 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 middle of the field. Some you know some things over the middle of the field. We saw them attacking the seams a little bit more today uh, than we saw last week. Um, he missed it. He freaking shut missed up. It. You're NC, ahead of me. The you NC stink. State kicker just missed a chance to beat. It's lined up perfectly. Left. He hooks it left. It's going to overtime. Gosh, are you kidding me? But um, I thought I thought there were some things in that regards with some of the quicks that we've talked about. There was more levels concepts today. Uh, I thought the play call where you went empty because what what did we say was spread them out. Spread Wisconsin out. When did Notre Dame have success today? When they spread Wisconsin out. When did Notre Dame struggle to get offense going today? When they went 12 and 13 personally. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, so, and I, 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 the, the, the Drew Pine touchdown pass was out of empty. Yes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I what I didn't like about some of the game plan or the play calling or however you want to phrase it, when they got down in the red zone, I didn't like them just trying to run it up the gut. I did not like yeah. that at all. That, you know that you was, can't run. That was disappointing you, to yeah. me. Like throw the ball. And I, I also didn't like I can't remember what drive it was. It might have been coming out of the out of halftime. They went deep right away um and missed. And then they tried to run the ball and got and lost a yard. And so you're mm -hmm. putting too much on third down at that point. And I didn't like that. You know what I mean? If you throw the ball the first two times, look, I'm okay with you taking a shot, but don't run the ball on second and 10 when you haven't yes. had, so they took had a play zero action success. Shot early. Yes, took yeah. a play-action shot early and you overthrew him. And then they right. went run up the middle. And and, and yeah. I thought Kyron made a bad cut on that. I thought he could have okay. picked up two, three more yards. He, we'll, we'll get to him here in a second. but um, So that's really all. The, yeah. I, I, I've I agree had some other issues said, with his play calling too. But yeah, give, me a, a few times. give me some screens. Give me some yeah. – Look, Braden Lindsey 
has to get the ball in some other way than post and goes. Correct. I'm, I'm sorry. You've got to send him on some crossers. You've got to give him, him some screen. Give him a jet sweep. I mean, run a freaking reverse just to make teams know that you're willing to do it. Right. With Tyree or Br- – look, Chris Tyree had three touches today on offense. Three. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I'm sorry. When your offense is struggling to consistently move the football, you can't have Chris Tyree touching the ball three times. Right. Because what he do on his fourth touch – he went 96 yards for a touchdown. Right, right. And I did like the tunnel screen to Austin. He just he, didn't he just freaking feet. fell. Yeah, he he, he, he probably yeah. outruns 41 up the middle on that play. Hey, Brian, we, I'm going to step away for just a second. Uh, I will be right back. Okay. So, to me, that we've got to see more things from Tommy Reese in that regards. And and part of the reason is, is number one, it's about getting your playmaker, playmakers the ball in space more effectively. Uh, part number two about it is it's ways to protect the offensive line. I'm actually trying to go down uh, and find Notre Dame's touchdown pass, the first touchdown pass, because I'm trying to remember if that one was uh, 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 on a spread out formation too. But, you know, look, we we talked about this. The way to, to beat Clemson in this game was to spread them out. And when Notre Dame spread them out, they were able to create enough space to find some opportunities. You know, you look at the seam throw. Uh, to to uh, Avery Davis early in the game. Again, they spread them out. They went they went eleven personnel, and they spread them out. That is when Notre Dame had success today. And in my opinion, until the offensive line can start playing better, they're gonna they're gonna have to do more of that. Honestly, I'd rather see more ten personnel than twelve personnel right now. Part of the reason for that is is because honestly, the wide receivers aren't blocking well, or the tight ends aren't blocking well enough free to really have an advantage going 12 personnel. Like last year, it made sense because when you went 12 personnel last year, you were putting Tommy Tremble in the game, and he was a dominant blocker. Right now, the way things are going with Notre Dame, they're, they're not getting that kind of play from, from the, the, the tight ends in the, in, the, in the blocking game to where it really benefits you. You're not a better running team when you go 12 and 13 personnel, at least not to the, to the degree in which – you you benefit from actually looking at uh, twelve personnel was when they they were in twelve personnel on Austin's first touchdown pass, uh, and they took a field shot right outside shot. So to me, those are some things that I need to see Notre Dame do more of is more spreading the field, more opportunity. And the thing I liked about that is they went twelve personnel, but they ran they 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 released both tight ends into routes, occupied the safeties and left the one on one, getting more guys out and involved. So those are things that we're going to have to see more from Notre Dame, in my opinion, is spreading the field out to protect the line. Because the line is simply not good enough and your tight ends aren't blocking well enough for it to be worth it to play as many snaps in 12 and 13 personnel. I mean, they went 12 and 13 personnel. We're still getting one yard, two yards. They just weren't having success there. So uh, there, there's there's got to be more creativity in that regards to protect just what's been a just a really bad offensive line. Got another super chat from Mark Staten. So enjoy the show, guys. Keep up the good work. Go Irish. Thank you for that, Mark. Got a super chat from Beast Daniel. Regardless who's starting, Cincinnati with a new DC has a, has three diverse quarterbacks to consider. That's a good way of looking at it. I, I, that's a really, really good way of looking at it. No question about it. Although I don't think – I don't think – I don't think I necessarily would say that – three different I think because I think there's enough I think there's enough um similarities between 
between um, Cone and Pine that I don't know if they create a, a whole lot of a different preparation for you as a defense. So let's talk about the running backs real quick as we're as we're waiting on Vitz to come back. I, I think number one for me, when I look at the running backs, I thought that Kyron Williams, he's trying to do too much, in my opinion. He's because the line's bad, he's kind of suffering what Jack Cohn's suffering through, where he's kind of feel like I gotta gotta be prepared for the lineup to play well. It's causing him to kind of dance a little too much, trying to make plays when they're when when he needs to just hit it up in there. But at the same time, I kind of understand it because when he did have positive yards today, it was mainly because he was just making something out of nothing. And the reality is, is that 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 sometimes you kind of have to do that if your offensive line is not playing well enough. But the big thing for me with Kyron is uh, two, one big positive, one huge negative from today. The huge negative was the fumble. You're an All-American. You're a junior now. You cannot be putting the ball on the ground like that. You just can't. Uh, and then the positive, where he had two great blitz pickups today on big on big pass plays. Uh, he, he is a guy to me that that has is just finding ways to make an impact in games where you know, look, he had 33 yards on 18 carries. Kyron Williams averaged 1.8 yards per carry today, and that's not because of Kyron Williams; it's because of the offensive line. Yet he still finds ways to be successful. He still finds ways to help the team. He still finds way ways to make an impact on the game. And and that's that just shows you that's that's leadership. That's football character right there. So um I, I really liked seeing that. I thought Chris Tyree, he didn't carry the ball much. He was their most decisive run, runner today. He only carried the ball twice, caught one pass uh for short yards, which I, you know, he's got to get more touches than that. They've got to do more things with those two backs together in the game at the same time. They They've got to figure out more ways to get those guys more involved in the pass game, in my opinion, and, and getting them in space. Uh, the other part to me, receivers. Some good I, – I tell you what, we wrote before the game – we talked about before the game where we're going to learn a lot about Kevin Austin in this game. And not that he's talented. I mean, we know he's talented. We've seen what he can do. But he was coming off of a, a really awful performance where Purdue got in his head and he bounced back and you know how he was going to bounce back to me was going to show what kind of maturity he has uh as a, as a football player as a young man and he came back and played well now he he had an early kind of a drop the ball was a little bit behind him but he made some great plays in this game the great catch on the touchdown so this before his second touchdown and then before the seam route to Mayer he makes that great catch of a low throw by Pine on third down that moved the chains. If he doesn't make that play, it's fourth down. The has got to maybe kick a long field goal, if not punt. So I thought he came out, played really, really well, had six catches for 76 yards, uh, two touchdowns. I love seeing how he bounced back after last week's game. Uh, Avery Davis continues to just be a steady, solid player, solid player, four catches for 55 yards, had a nice seam route, um, knows how to get open, and should have had a couple more catches if the, if the quarterbacks just didn't miss him on some throws. So I thought he was solid. Braden Lindsay and Joe Wilkins uh, didn't do a whole lot. Braden had one nice, you know, long catch on the sideline on an out cut. Uh, he's got a, I don't blame him for the incompletions on the deep balls, but I, I, my coaching point to him would be, yeah, the quarterback's got to make a better throw, but I need you to fight for that ball a little bit more. Uh, we're talking about receivers, Vince. I need you to okay. fight for that ball a little bit more. We're talking about Braden Lindsay. Yeah. We talked yeah. about, we talked about the running backs. Um, we talked about 
Kevin Austin, not just the way he played, but the fact that he bounced back from last week's performance says a lot yeah. about him. Yeah, uh, Avery Davis is just steady Eddie, uh, just does his job real well. Lindsay, I'm not blaming Lindsay. Like as a receivers coach, I'm not saying, hey, Brayden, you're the reason that ball was incomplete. I'm going to say, hey, look, man, I'm going to get all over the quarterback. You got to get that ball out there. But I need you when the ball is thrown there to make a better effort on you the ball, compete especially for the second time. Yeah. Uh, you know, if he goes up and maybe reaches a little bit more, maybe then he can get that pass interference penalty. Well, and, and the other thing is I've, we've seen him in practice battle for balls right. um, and, and be successful. But we haven't seen it in a game yet. Um, and that – I don't want to say it's disturbing, but it's something he needs to work on. I mean, absolutely. He needs to be able to battle for some of those jump right. balls. Because remember, you know, Ian Book used to throw balls up, those 50-50 balls on, on guys that he would trust. You know, yeah. if you want those balls, right. you've got to show and that those you And those were the 6'4 guys, right? I mean – Totally get that. No, totally right. get that. I'm just saying you got to battle for those 50-50 right. balls. Yeah. Right. Jack's got to get the ball out there. Joe Wilkins flat out has to make that play on third down. I'm sorry. Absolutely. I know it's good coverage. And the guy got his hand, but the, the guy didn't impact the ball. He, the right. ball went right through your hands. You got to make right. that play. Because it was here and the guy's hand was back here. You right. still got to catch it. I mean, got to make I, that I catch. Right got to make that game. catch. I apologize. So, some up and down from the receivers, but the two guys that were good were really good. I thought Kevin Austin and Avery Davis were really good. Uh, Michael Mayer battled in the past game, you know, got hit a lot. They used him, they used him a lot on short throws to open up some stuff behind it that the quarterback simply just didn't have the time to go to. Yeah. I thought that part of the scheme was really good. Uh, used him effectively on third down. They put him backside a couple times more than normal, which I liked and actually threw it to him at a third mm -hmm. down throw to him on a play. I really like Yes. Because that was a matchup that was very beneficial to Notre Dame. They had him on a safety mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Michael Mayer against any safety, not named Kyle Hamilton. I will take that matchup mm -hmm. and, and since they play on the same team that's never going to happen uh, yep. at least not in college so um I, I love that you know isolate them you know put mm -hmm. him out there and isolate them and see what happens if they get the matchup you want you go to it and they did and he made a great play it was a great mm -hmm. throw the defender the defender wasn't going to touch that throw and Michael Mayer made a great catch so I, I love that all the way around top to bottom mm -hmm. blocking at tight ends got to get better it's not there, just the line that's not blocking. No, the they, game. There was one where George Takis gave up. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if he even touched him. I think it ended up being a sack, uh, which was really bad. But I noticed a lot of tight end blocking just not up to par. Now, I wasn't – you know, full disclosure, Brian and I kind of have a system. I was watching a lot of the receivers and the mm -hmm. coverages, and he was watching the line. So I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to the line. But when I would kind of peek in, I noticed that it wasn't great. You'll have more thoughts on that tomorrow when we do yeah. our upon further review. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's got to get better. But, you know, let's talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> it's mean. Don't talk about me like I, that. I'm writing the post-game game observations, and, I, and, I, and I'm, trying to, I'm trying to not just crush them, right? So I'm, like, sure. talking about how, you know what, they played hard. They did. They, they played hard today. The offensive line played hard. Well, that's good. Um, but I'm like – how bad is it that I have to like force myself to to first mention at least they played hard about the Notre Dame offensive line? I mean, if Notre Dame's offensive line would have played the way that Wisconsin's offensive line played today, Notre Dame wins that game forty-one to thirteen because of the offense. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it would just needed to be average, and and they are not at close to average. I mean, the the and it's not it's it's yes, guys getting beat. 
But part of the reason Tosh Baker's getting beat is because they have not fixed his technique yet. And they have Josh finished the fact that a fifth year senior like Josh Love continues to get driven into the quarterback because his technique is regressed. It's worse than it was two years ago in 2019. If we're being honest about this, Vince, it's if if Josh Lug was playing like he did two years ago when he replaced Robert Hainsey for five games late that season, where Notre Dame went five and zero, scored a ton of points, uh, th- this this offense would be really really pretty good right now. And that's uh, I think the frustrating part for me is we've yeah. seen him be good, right? We've seen him be good. Yeah, he's just he's regressing. He's so regressing, much from that and it's point. and it's from a fundamental stand. It's not say well you know maybe his back is hurt and but he is. He is regressed from a fundamental standpoint so much that it, and Kane Madden doesn't play with the same technique he had at Marshall. Look, Kane Madden would be a better player today if we got the if all we got was the same dude we had at Marshall. Yeah, fair enough. Because he at least what, what was the one thing I said about him at Marshall? Dude is really, really fundamentally sound, and he's strong. He's fundamentally he's strong. Yeah, you know what I he mean. He's like, not fundamentally sound at all. Same yeah. thing today. Stopping their feet. Stop. Now the few times at the line worked through contact they got good movement yeah there's one play where it was i think it was christophic and patterson i think that just kind of worked the backside zone and just like put just pushed the guy off the line yeah there was a play where patterson and madden had a really nice push for a first down and so we saw it like four or five times but it was they came off low they drove their feet through contact Imagine that. It's not that complicated. But, you know, you see Tosh continuing to overset, and I've never seen a tackle get beat inside as much as he gets beat inside. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's 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 all technique. And, and, and we saw zero progress from last week. You had to put a true freshman in the game to get any to get anybody to play with good technique. That 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 says everything you need to know about this offensive line. Yeah. And it is such a poorly coached line. It, it's it's um you can't spin it anymore. You can't. You can't spin it anymore. You can't say, well, it's a bunch of guys. I put some up on our message board last night. And and you want to talk about getting fired up, okay? Everybody tell, well, you know, it's an experienced group and blah, 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 barf, okay? So I put something up last night about I was watching the Wake Forest game, okay? And I'm watching Wake Forest just go all over the field on Virginia, who isn't any better – or worse than the teams Notre Dame's played in the first four games defensively. I mean, they're not good, but neither of the teams that Notre Dame has played so far. Right. And, and I'm watching Wake Forest that lost a lot of new starters. They had one of their top running backs is now playing at Michigan State and killing at Michigan State. And Wake Forest has gone for 164, 161, 225, and 203 yards rushing. They ran for 225 yards on Florida State, right? Ran for 203 against, against, uh, against Virginia last night. And, and I did some research. Notre Dame's offensive linemen coming into the season returned 63 career starts, most of them by two players. Wake Forest offensive line returns 62 career starts, most of them by two players. Wake Forest's offensive line has three redshirt juniors, a redshirt sophomore, and a redshirt freshman starting. Notre Dame has a six-year senior, a fifth-year senior, a redshirt junior who is a three-year starter, a redshirt sophomore and a redshirt freshman in their starting lineup. They're 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 five offensive linemen. Their twenty four seven composite rankings were 964, 1015, 1593, 2260, and two thousand three hundred ninety seven. Notre Dame starting offensive linemen were ranked ninety fifth, 
169, which was Jared Patterson, and then Kane Madden wasn't ranked. And yet, Wake Forest can go out there and do what they've done through four games, right? Averaging 38.8 points per game against Old Dominion, Norfolk State, Florida State, and Virginia, which isn't a whole lot different than what Notre Dame has faced so far, and and, and rush for oh, almost 190 yards per game and give up five sacks on the season in four games, and Notre Dame's creeping up on 20. Now, not all those are on the line. There was two covered sacks today. Like, they gave up a lot of sacks today, but two of them were covered sacks. I mean, they, you and I talked about that. Uh, I said, hey, was anybody open? Because I'm watching TV, and he's like, no, those are covered sacks. Yeah. Because and it didn't look to me like anybody got open either. So it was they're not all on them, but a lot of them are. Sure. And 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 say so so why so you're telling me Nick Tabaka's that much better of an offensive line coach than Jeff Quinn? Okay, fine. Then then hire Nick Tabaka. Yeah. Then you need I to like Nick. Sense. Nick's a good dude. I met him when when I was at Defiance. He coached Defiance College. Actually, you know, met him at some camps and different things like that. Good dude, right? I like Nick. But how can he get these group of two two star players? One dude ranked in the thousands, like out, you know, in the like not in the thousands. Yeah, you no, know, yeah. and and you can put a line together that can go do what they're doing, and yet Notre Dame, Notre Dame's getting outscored by their own defense and special teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we 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 can you, we can get mad at Tosh Baker all we want for giving up a sack and all that kind of stuff, and and yeah, at the end of the day, it is on him. He's got to make a better play. Sure, but if you go back and watch that play, Tosh thought he was supposed to do this and. And it's like, why does that keep happening? That same thing happened last week and the week before. You're telling me you haven't fixed that yet? You're telling me he's he's not a real bright kid, he can't figure that out? Well, I know that's not true because everybody else is still making the same mistakes they've made. That's the thing. It, at least they got him to play hard. But from an assignment standpoint, they're making the same mistakes in game four that they made in game one. Right. Yet the defense makes these huge mistakes in game one. And by game four – they're one of the five best defenses in college football, right? Yeah, well, we've I mean, seen strides from the defense every week. Every week coaching. they've gotten better. Yeah, yeah, no. It's like one of these things is not like the other. Right. You know, when you watch Sesame Street, right. I mean, it, it's it's right there in front of everybody, and it's so painfully obvious to everybody mm-hmm. that it, that's the most disturbing part. Look, if there's a problem, then, there, you know, and, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Okay. But there's something you can do about right. it. And and you've it's not like you don't have players, right? right. You, you and I have both coached teams where you're like, I just don't have dudes. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to do the best that we can. We're going to scheme around it. We're going to do everything that we can with the guys that we've got. Right. You know? But that's not the case either. So it, it that's what makes it just insanely frustrating to watch this team operate. Mm-hmm. I don't – I mean, we say the same thing every week, and I, I don't see it changing anytime soon, yep. which is the sad part. Yep, because we haven't seen a thing change except for the toughness. And that that has more to do with the head coach stepping in there and saying, hey, better get your stuff together. Yeah. Hey, well, at least they're playing hard. That's great, step one. But step, step two is one. now fixing the problems, and they're not doing that. That's the concerning thing. They're not fixing those problems. Whatever. I didn't see it, and that's fine. Yeah, you're, you're not understanding. There's a couple super chats we got down there, Vince. But at the end of the day, I think you get until they fix it. Interesting. Um, I just saw them pop up. No, it's funny. They, you, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. 
Okay, Neil, Neil Walker says, championship caliber teams with average MAC level offensive line play. Scheme can help, but we need to see development to win a championship. You're 100% right, Neil. I think average That's MAC what's level so freaking frustrating. line play is, uh, is, is generous. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think that's generous. I really do. I, I If they had yeah. Toledo's offensive line coach, the way that – I mean, again, they play hard. They're sure. at least fundamentally sound. They're just not real talented. Right. Notre Dame has six, seven, 300-plus pound guys – and, 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 and Sam Tyrell asked a question, which is a fair question. You know, Brian, would you change the lineup of the guards? Won't matter. Yeah. It won't matter. It's not going to matter. It, 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 you know, could, could, would I put Rocco Spiller in the game? Heck yeah, I would. Would I play Andrew Kostovic more than he's playing? Yeah, I would. But at the end of the day, that's going to make a minimal difference, in my opinion, because the problem is still a coaching problem. I mean, you're almost beneficial by putting Rocco in the game because he has less time being coached this way. Yeah. He has less time to be screwed up. And that that's sounds why, snarky. It is it snarky, terrible, but it's also but, true. But that's why look, look who's had some some uh success, right? Alt has looked pretty decent when he's been in. Uh, you know, Fisher looked decent when he was in before he got injured. Right? The mm-hmm. all these freshmen are looking decent because they haven't mm-hmm. been, you know, they haven't been under the influence right. for long enough, you know. Right. And, and that sounds snarky and all that, but I mean, I'm sorry, that's what we're seeing. Yeah, the longer guy because look, we said this was going to be a big year for Jeff Quinn. There's no we more Harry Heastang guys. The whole show on it, you know, and, and 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 right now this looks like a completely un like you and I can tell the difference between a group of players that's making young mistakes and a group of players uh, that are just not prepared. This group is not prepared. Yeah, it's not about guys trying to gel. It's they're not prepared. Right. They're not prepared to pick up twists and stunts that teams are throwing at them on a weekly basis. Teams are basically just rinsing and repeating the game plan against Notre Dame, and it doesn't matter. It just the same stuff works. They still right. can't pick up a simple edge blitz. At least today, Tommy Reese called a screen on a play where they brought a corner fire that nobody touched the corner. But, you know, of course, it, it got blown up. Wisconsin did a good job of sniffing it out. It was good defense. But at the end of the day, look, y'all, should Rocco play more? Yeah. Is, is the Kane Madden experiment over? I hate saying that because I don't think this is Kane's fault. Yeah, Kane was never that that good. They overhyped him, but Kane should be better than he is right now. He's if he would play if he played like he did again at Marshall, he'd be a solid player right now. That's it, solid yeah. player. He'd have some trouble with athletic players, but he'd still be getting some movement. And they'd be able to run behind him a little bit and things like that. But he he's regressed technically. I, I can't. How can I say that's a sixth year senior that's doing that? This is not the players should not be responsible for their own footwork. That's a coaching thing. You know what I mean? Um, It's it's frustrating because that's what's holding this team back. Notre Dame is four no, and have now beaten back to back Big Ten teams, and they've had one of the, in my opinion, ten worst offensive lines in college football right now, from what I've seen. It's just, yeah, Florida State just just lost to Louisville. By the way, they're zero and four. Who did? Florida State lost at home to Louisville, of course by the way. Did. Of course they did. Yeah. Auburn almost lost to Georgia State. They just scored a touchdown with less than a minute to go to take a lead over Georgia State. Weird freaking year of college football, and man. We it told really- you that there was going to be parity this year in college football. Yeah. And this is a great opportunity for somebody to go out there and just grab it. Yeah, and, and that's and what's and that's so what's- maddening because if Notre Dame's offensive line was just mediocre, I would, they could they have would a chance be a top to grab- three team right now top three team right now i mean the skill talent's there the defense is getting there 
Now, I will say I'm interested to see what happens with Notre Dame in the polls because everybody thought Wisconsin was so good, and then they got this score here. So I am interested. Not that the polls matter to me, but I'm I'm very interested. It's at least interesting. It's interesting. I'm interested to see what they do with them. I I will say that. But yeah, fourth and five. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm still ahead of you. Yeah. So, so Vince, anything else (laughs) offensively before we? before we kind of get to some some other things here, anything else offensively that that you want to discuss or? Uh, no, I think we I think you nailed it. I mean, I thought I thought Kevin Austin had a nice bounce back game. I, mm-hmm. I really do. I, I think that that was a big question mark of mine. I know he's got talent, but I wanted to see him bounce back from the game that he had against Purdue, and he did. Um, I I still have my my doubts and my questions about Braden Lindsay, but I'm not sure they're using him 100 percent correctly. So there's that. Avery Davis. Well, he comes needs to, play to do the things they've had him do, but that can't be the only thing. There you go. Thank you for making that sound better, because that's that's exactly right. That's why you paid the big bucks, baby. Yeah, baby. Uh, they they need to get Chris Tyree more touches. That absolutely needs to happen, and it's not three happening yet. freaking touches, right? On and he changes the momentum of the game on special teams. Get him the ball, okay? Um. Yeah, you I mean, like John Panette there, real quick. <laughs> it's my favorite comedian. He has this thing. He's a real big guy. Yeah, and there's this thing where he gets in line and people do dumb things in lines of like buffing. He's like, get out of the line. But yeah, yeah you got to get him the ball more. You have you to. Him more. You and and Tommy Reese is progressing with his play calling. I I'm not totally upset with it. There was just a mm-hmm. few, and we mentioned them. There's a few items that I really wish that they would do differently, especially when they're down in the red zone. And especially when your line sucks. Yeah, I mean, that was frustrating to me. I mean, it's but you're, you're you're compacted down there. They know you want to try to run the ball. You are not at the point where when everybody in the stadium knows you want to run the ball, you can run the ball. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.